What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Positive Masculinity Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Rybell, and I'm here to discuss all things becoming a high-value man. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, I release a brand new episode discussing everything ranging from motivation, discipline, mindset, and fitness through to relationships, communication, self-confidence, and brotherhood. Masculinity is a super powerful force that has been misrepresented represented and misconstrued in today's society and so it is my mission to bring awareness back to what masculinity truly is and create a society full of strong powerful and valuable men now lads i have very recently launched an incredibly high value free program which is designed to help you build unbreakable discipline by getting to know yourself on a deeper level and creating a compelling future and so if you do want to get free access to this all you have to do is go to www.thepositivemasculinityproject.com I will put the link in the show description, but without further ado, let's dive into today's episode on the Positive Masculinity Podcast. Uh, Mr. Rybelt, thank you for coming on, man. How's your week been? Good. Good, brother. I'm uh, bloody sitting here in mighty fine Queensland while you're over there enjoying all the luxuries that um, the big bad Thailand has to offer. So it's good. Yeah, good. Yeah. The yeah, fourth been, season uh, in one day. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been been good here lately, but we're yeah, just starting to get that spring. Um, but still a little bit nippy, but uh, overall pretty pretty good. And uh, mate, how's how's everything going with you? All trainings going well over there? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we're just chatting off air before, but it's been good learning experience. Fucking brutal. Um, yeah, did did some sparring this morning with a couple of the coaches and got beat the fuck up, which is, yeah, as you alluded to, it's the best way to learn. So, no, I'm looking forward to jumping into a fight soon. Well, I think it's great what you've done just going outside your comfort zone because uh, with uh, Muay Thai, it's it's one of definitely the hardest, um, hardest things that you can put yourself through in particular um, in a – yeah, you're in the origins of it over there. That's exactly where it all started, and that's where the, the toughest men um, in the world, pound for pound, come from. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure you've had a couple of kicking your legs. <laughs> oh man, yeah, there there are some machines. It's actually funny you say that though, because I had this conversation with someone about um, something else. The more you like think about doing something, the more you realize how out of depth you are, and like what could go wrong, and so the less likely you actually are to do it. So if I look. I feel like if I knew how challenging it would have been, I would have been less likely to actually do it. But just because I jumped into the deep end, I'm like, well, fuck it, we're here now. May as well do it. Yeah, it's um, look because you're also um, pretty adept physically, like, you know, with your, um, you know, your Aussie rules background, et cetera, and, and, you know, like you're athletic, but um, that doesn't necessarily equating, you know, across to, you know, contact mm-hmm. sports because it's, um, uh, a wise man once said that you know everyone's tough until you get punched in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. That's like I've heard a lot of people say when you're in the ring, it's a different feeling because you you can't run away. And although I haven't actually been in the ring yet, even just sparring, it's like you don't have anywhere to go. You've just got to either cut the punches or defend yourself or punch back. So it's definitely a completely different experience than the other sport. Well, it's great to sort of create, um, I think, a strength of character because, um, like, you know, a good way to put it is that although you're not, 
when you're training or when you're um, in a, um, you know, like a, a fight um, in the ring. But if you have the mindset that this is all about whether I survive or whether I, I die, it puts a different mantra onto how you look at things yeah. um, because, you know, it's very rare. It's you know, most times in our lives in particular in um, you know, Western society, we only get, yeah, like if we're lucky, maybe a, a smidgen of that, you know, when you're confronted mm-hmm. by, you know, somebody wants to road rage you or, you know, yeah. or something. But when you're in the ring, it's, uh, it's like a laboratory experiment of how much courage you got. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah. But, I can see that. I can see that. And, no, I'm looking forward to stepping into the ring because even like just sparring or training, it's not that like life or death. It's like if if you're really getting fucked up, they're gonna they're gonna pull back. But I I imagine if you're in the ring, it's literally like life or death. And so I'm excited to see how much balls I do have when I'm up against the ropes. Yeah, but it does. The the training creates the the fragments of DNA that go towards the big picture of mm. when you are in a real life situation or in a um. A competitive situation like a um you know like a uh, a fight because it's you know like in golf you don't get it in tennis you don't get it you know even yeah. in um yeah most um, team sports but that that one-on-one you know boxing or tie or mma it's um it takes some takes some kahunas doesn't it oh. 100%, man. no i've i've said that i've got a lot of respect for martial art fighters since coming over here um yeah it's it's an incredible sport something that i've been diving into a lot of depth in lately doing a lot of thinking about is balance so obviously the buzzword of like work-life balance everyone wants this and that but i think for each individual there's a different optimal balance and so that's something you're obviously exploring at the stage of your life you're in what does balance mean to you how do you navigate that it's a tough one because i suppose my work career is 25 years you know in the in the making so my advice now is completely different than what it would be for someone who's just starting out um ideally if you could get it when you were first starting out uh the the counter um i suppose intuitive nature of that is that generally you don't have financial success you know at that early stages because you're you're trying to grind and you're trying to you know really make um your way but then you get to a point i guess when you you try to work out how much is enough versus you know, your family life, your physical um, health, and also your mental health. So, you know, life balance for me now is to try to engage with as many um, good clients as I can, have as much good interaction with family and friends as I can, put my own health as a, um, a priority both mentally and physically because I know that when I'm in better shape that way, I'm a better person for my clients i'm a better person for my family and i'm a better person for my wife and kids um so um but very much for me still a work in progress but i'm i'm really trying to to get that balance because um unfortunately when you die on short uh notice at a young age you know good for anyone are you you know yeah. that's um that can sometimes be the end result of um you know that eternal grind um, yeah. but when you start you got to have a bit got to try, got to do as much of that as you can to try to get to the point, unless you're a absolute genius and you invent something that's worth, you know, $20 million or something. So it's- Yeah, no, good point. So interesting you say that. So if you went back to day one when you were like 20, 21, whenever you started your real estate career, what would you do differently or would you do it the same? Um, look, I, I guess there's probably not too many things that I'd 
I'd change just because, you know, um, in hindsight, there's, you know, you, you get to the point where you are here. I mean, you and I are talking, and if anything in my um, life or your life, you know, during the, the last few weeks would have changed, we, we may have missed it because, as you know, I've been um, a little bit slack and I've stood you up a couple of times when we were going to do the, you know, to do a, um, to do our podcast, but, you know, um, circumstances have got in the road. But um, I suppose I've always been pretty diligent about, um, uh, physical health, but if I had my time again, I probably would have went a little bit deeper with mental health um, and and just trying to get that balance of of trying to work out how to keep the brain and the soul recharged because physically, um, as you know, fit um, people, you know, because we'll, we'll, both of you, are, you know, we're both males. Physically, you know, fit males, you know, the routine of um, exercise and stretching and you know all those things are all um really positive things that you you carry across you know through your life but mm. the mental side of things when i first started it was very limited there was virtually no you know we were still talking about just toughen up princess and and just yeah. you know just get out and do the job whereas we now know that we do have a, a side of us mentally that can be broken and that can be um strained and can be you know uh, taken in a way that affects our whole um existence and and if i had my time again i'd probably yeah, try to go a bit deeper with that and explore some people who were probably, um, yeah, pretty knowledgeable about that back in the day. But I, I just always thought, you know, just just keep grinding, just keep pushing. Um, and and I, I think at different times I probably wasn't the best person for everyone around me because I was just hell bent on um, you know, financial and um, yeah, business success. Hmm. Absolutely. So when we talk about mental health, it's obviously a very broad uh, spectrum. You say you would have worked on your mental health more gotten more help around that what would that actually look like like how do people actually approach that well i guess um now we we know you know things like meditation i mean just having that um yeah that quiet time you know that's one of the most important things is just having a moment to yourself um you know trying to block out that that noise and for me now some of my mantras and we've spoken about it before is you know every morning it's a um, yeah, part of my process is a cold shower, and I'm not really doing that for the physical side of the things. I'm doing that for a, you know, for a um, part of my mental resilience. Um, mm. But accompanying with that is, um, you know, I only listen to positive music. So, you know, I've got the 80s playlist on that, you know, it's the dance music on, you know, every morning. So I make sure I kick the, the day off, you know, really strongly. Um, whereas when I was in my infancy in business, I anything I'd listen to on the um, on the radio was a, you know, a cassette player of how to be a better salesperson, <laughs> you know, whereas there wasn't that that outlet. He was all immersed in in one thing, whereas, um, you know, I, I think they're trying to get some um, grounding and some, um, I suppose, a holistic approach to your mental health will give you a, a longer period in whatever business or relationship that you're in. And, yeah, finding what works for you is the hardest thing. And, and back when I started, it, it wasn't, you know, so much of a um, – um a given thing whereas now you can jump onto youtube you can jump onto podcasts you can jump onto um instagram and get you know um some feedback i mean especially what you're you know you're doing with your clients it's it's that's part of the uh, the value add and the menu that you have is to try to you know give them guidance on how to um you know, be a better person and you know to to stick to their guns and to um to make sure that they're uh you know a better a better man you know, and um, positive masculinity, eh? you know. That's it. That's it. 
something. I don't have you heard Alex Hormozian, Chris Williamson's latest podcast? No. Cool. So something that Alex Hormozzi spoke about and he talks about it pretty regularly is raising the bar. And so he spoke about instead of setting output or outcome-based goals, like I want to make X amount in X period, spoke about setting input-based goals. So I'm going to work this long or I'm going to work this hard on this thing. And so you're switching the focus from outcome to what you can actually control, which is the amount of effort you put in. I thought that was really, um, really powerful. But what I wanted to ask you was throughout your career, were there many points where you realized, fuck, I thought I was working hard, but in perspective, I, I wasn't working anywhere near as hard as I could be? Oh, look, numerous times, I guess. Um, and I, I think that sometimes that was probably my protective factor of trying to make sure I didn't burn out is that, you know, you, you work you work very hard and then sometimes you do have a little bit of a lull period. But I was always guilty of not taking direct time off, whereas now I tried to take direct time off, you know, a you know, week or two weeks or three days or whatever it may be. But what I would often do is work ultra uh, ultra hard and then sometimes I'd just taper off a, a little bit, but I was still working. Mm. And I think sometimes the one of the most positive things you can do is actually remove yourself altogether from, um, yeah, whatever you, you're working on. Um, and, and I was blessed when I first got into real estate that I, I would have done it literally for free, um, whereas I'm starting to get a little bit of that passion back now that, um, you know, I enjoyed as much as if I was working for, for free, but there was a long period of time that I was purely doing it because I was being remunerated for it. And, you know, there's always the old saying is that you're, um, um, you know, if you find a, a, a job that you love, you never work a day, you know, in your, in your life. And um, sometimes I think the, whatever it may be, you know, like for us in real estate, it, it's always been, you know, um, physically not all that taxing because you're not lifting tree trunks or anything, you know, but emotionally and mentally it can be quite taxing because you're dealing with other people's emotions um, and, you know, trying to continually raise the bar is is something that um, I guess you have to be monitoring where you want that bar. You know, sometimes you raise it too high and you, you're putting yourself out of the um, the game. And if you keep it too low, you probably you probably just run around um, through the you know on the on the mouse wheel, aren't you? You know, yeah, you're probably 100%. not um, really reaching potential. Yeah, that makes sense. So then, what about balancing? saying you take a week or three days or whatever off with consistency because a lot of successful people talk about consistency and not missing a day and don't miss this and that. But when when they refer to consistency, are you talking like consistent over five years or not actually missing a fucking day or a week? Yeah, well, probably that was me for a long period of time. I just much preferred to be in that moment in case I missed some business, um, whereas now I'm in that position in my life is that if I'm – if I'm going to miss some business, it wasn't meant to be. Um, now, and I'm not saying that that's uh, something that I could duplicate and cut and paste and bring back, you know, 20 years ago. But but now I, I don't have as much um, problem if, you know, if, if for some reason, you know, I miss a phone call or a, um, someone you know, doesn't like the way that I um, present, you know, the, the business um, structure that I've got for them. Well, if I once upon a time I'd... I'd crawl up in a fetal ball and feel like I was that was the end of the world whereas now I'm I'm more uh, um, I suppose forgiving to myself uh, and I feel I'm a better person for it but I'm also uh, 
not as money hungry either, I guess, you know, when you're, I mean, and you're, you're aware of, you know, I come from a family of, um, yeah, great mum and dad, but, you know, um, in a housing commission house, you know, in a, from nothing. So I was always striving to, to try to be a little bit better from what I started um, with, whereas now I'm, I'd be quite as happy if I was living back in my original house that I was was brought up in. You know, it's mm. a lot of people think that's silly because I've, I've got a lot of nice things, but um, um, happiness, I think, comes um, internally. And if you can have that balance where you can continually strive to be successful but also have the balance and to be the best person you can be, that's the that's the nirvana, isn't it? But, um, you know, nirvana's a tough gig. There's not many people make it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I think that's a really good point. A lot of successful people, and even people at you know the echelon of success, talk about that. They say it's not about the nice things, but do you feel like you need to actually experience that to gain that perspective? Because for someone uh, like yourself, or like you know the Tades talk about it, to say it's about the type of person you are, or how happy you are, as opposed to the stuff you have. But for someone like me or someone else who doesn't have that stuff yet, do you think that? We need to actually experience that to get that perspective. I think so. I, I was only really I was thinking about this deeply the other day, and there was you know they, they keep um, talking about um, Keanu Reeves, right? He seems like a really mm. wonderful guy, right? But it's a lot easier to be a wonderful guy when you're worth two hundred million dollars, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> right. So, you know, so for for him, he's a genuinely good person, but he also has a, has such substantial financial backing that. He has no, no um, he has no real risk, whereas I know some absolutely wonderful people who are homeless or bordering on homeless, etc. And that in itself isn't fun. So, yeah, somewhere in the in the middle is that um, that boundary that we all want to have. But when there is some sort of uh, financial security, I think if you're generally a good person, you'll become an even better person <laughs> because you don't have the stress of yeah. the, um, yeah, the financial burden of trying to achieve or to pay the bills or, or you know, whatever it may be. So we are in a, um, a difficult world because, like, I mean, if you if you end up going to somewhere um, where you can live subsistently, right? So you can go and catch fish every day, eat coconuts, live on the beach, and it costs you nothing. Well, you can be the best person in the world, can't you? Because you can still live. Yeah. Um, but if you're in modern society and you have rent to pay, you know, a car to drive, uh, petrol to pay, you do have to make sure that you're becoming, um, you've got some financial goals to make sure that you can live comfortably to be the best person that you can be. So yeah. it's a, in t- today's society is, um, is, is quite challenging, in particular for younger people because, um, you know, you, you've got to, You've got to try to work out, I suppose, what your bar is. And if the bar is to try to be comfortable and and happy, that's that's probably not the worst bar that you can try to achieve, you know. But being, um, you know, ultra-rich and happy, um, getting you to become ultra-rich may ruin your happiness, you know. So it's, it's, a, um, it's a tough one, you know. And for me, I'm not ultra-rich. I'm, I'm, you know, comfortable. I'm being able to care for family, etc., along the way, and I am uh, proud of that. Um, you know, and I still want to work, and I, but I, I, I just want to work in a way that makes me um, feel centered and, and holistic, um, and that I'm getting um, some value out of what I 
what I do, not only uh, financially, but also um, emotionally. And, you know, that's where I'm, I'm pretty close to that at the moment because I, I don't want to stop working altogether, um, yeah. you know, but I'm also in a position, I've got a house, I've got a car, I've, you know, I'm, I'm not living on the streets either, you know. So, um, but all I can say is that time's such a blur is that, you know, you've got to, you've got to enjoy the journey along the way because there's a lot of stuff that I've done in, in business that has just gone that quickly that I, I probably didn't really add much value to my life apart from getting getting me to this moment now, you yeah. know, because it, it, it probably hasn't been as um, uh, heartwarming as what you'd, you'd like, as you can imagine, and you know, it doesn't make any difference what, what job it is. If there's a, a bloke that, you know, his job is to, um, you know, fill potholes all day, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he's not getting all emotional about that every day, is he? You know, <laughs> so it's like we've all got our, um, our little uh, crucifixes that we have to bear along the way. Yeah. No doubt. That that reminds me of something I heard quite recently on an interview and I can't remember. It might have been uh Tate, but she was talking about he was talking about that specifically. So he was talking about enjoying the process and he linked it back into uh emotions. And so he said something along the lines of things are bad things are inevitably gonna happen. Like you're gonna go through shit things throughout your life and you can't control that the only thing you control is whether you enjoy that or not and so if you can't control whether bad things happen or not his frame of mind was i'm just going to enjoy them i'm going to try and find enjoyment in the shit things enjoyment in the good things and then that therefore leads to happiness by extension and so that he tied that back into uh the financial side and that so that's what he said so he said the the two best situations to be in are number one, to have everything you want because then you're not left wanting or the best thing to be is to not want anything. And I feel like there are a few people out there who genuinely don't give a fuck, like they don't want the house and the car and all that stuff. And that is probably the most freeing possible state to be in because then you're not left wanting. You can just live, like you said, like you can go and catch the fish and drink the coconuts and whatnot. And so, yeah, bit beat around the bush a bit there, but- if if you can get to a state where you genuinely don't want anything, then that's probably the ultimate freedom. And in doing so, you can then chase success. That's probably like a great way to to look at it because that's exactly how the life, you know, the how life works is that um, you know if you give up everything, if you're just happy to have no shoes, um, you know, just have the barest essential of clothes and, and try to live you know, somewhere where you can still, you know, survive and be healthy. Well, you know, it can be, um, it's quite redeeming. You know, it's good for the soul to release that, um, you know, or, you know, if you're lucky enough, obviously, to be you know, to be born wealthy or to have a business that really takes off and, and you can enjoy the um, the expensive luxuries, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think most times that, you know, we get burdened with, so many pairs of shoes and so many watches and so many pieces of clothing, you know, and um, too many cars and, and, you know, all of it in the end means, means nothing. I mean, we all breathe the same air. We all, um, and we all eat, eat food. We, we want to try to, you know, stay as healthy as, as we can. Um, so I think that that mantra of um, being happy with nothing will probably grab you the most, 
wonderful future that you could ever have because at least then if you've got that um, mentality but you've also got um, a mission statement, you've got um, a ability to raise the bar but you've also got that balance, you know, in its starting infancy, if, you've, if you're really just happy being happy, I think that's probably the most, um, you know, powerful atomic weapon that we could have in our repertoire, you know, and, yeah. and um, coming from humble beginnings can sometimes help that. As I said, you know, I was always just, I was just, I was happy as a kid, you know, we, we didn't have a lot, but I was, I was just happy. And then, you know, I'm, I'm as happy now, um, but I've got a little bit more. Like if I won a hundred million or 200 million, I'll, I'll just try, try to remain as happy as, as possible, you know, but um, try, continually to, to strive to be a billionaire all the time, you know, it's probably not, it's probably not the goal. You should be striving for happiness. And if along the way monetary success um, comes comes with it, that's that's awesome. You know, I think that that's a, a really positive step. Yeah. So something that really opened my eyes up. Again, it was Alex Hormozzi said it, but how many how many goals have you achieved or how many things have you gotten that you said you'd be happy when you got there? It's like, I'll be happy when I achieve this goal or when I get this car or get this job. But 99% of people have already gotten at least something in their life. They said they'd be happy when they got, and then it's just on to the next thing. And like, if that's not enough of a sign to show you that what you say you need now to be happy won't make you happy, then what's what's going to tell you? Yeah, like at its raw base, like a, a really simple pleasure for me each day is when I've completed the exercises that I want to do. I always find that that's a really great feeling. You know, yeah. so it's like, you know, I always, I go, I know I will feel better if I go to the gym, <laughs> but it actually does transpire to that. So if I, I go to, like I went to the gym this afternoon, done a bit of a leg punishment, um, and I feel great after I did it. I felt shit in the middle of it because it was painful, yeah. um, but now I feel that the day, I've done, I've done a lot of other things during the day, but I feel accomplished that I I that goal is covered and I did it and I know that there's benefit in it, you know, for me. So, and I think that those things from a, um, we'll just base it as a, a younger person's thing or a male perspective is that that's why we can structure those things, you know. Like even you get blokes that are completely unorganised in their business life, they can still make sure that they go to the gym every day. So they've got <laughs> they've got some form of commitment because they get a, an overwhelming um, feel of uh, a good rate of return on their efforts. Whereas if you can find other things that you get a good rate of return on your efforts, it's like in business for me, it was like, you know, if I made 25, 50 or 100 phone calls and I was connecting with clients that I always felt that if I achieved that, then I was getting a good result for the day, which was building relationships. Um, and, yeah, that's still to the, the day I, I I'll be honest, I don't make those sorts of calls um, anymore. But when I was younger, they were the things that I used to chunk down. Sometimes we have to have, um, like even a, a mission can sometimes just be a daily mission. You know, obviously most people put a you know, mission statement up about their, um, you know, what their business is about or what their, um, you know, their life is about. But sometimes your mission statement each day could be just four or five selective things, some for health, some for business, um, some for relationship. And then continually raising that bar once you feel comfortable with the um, yeah the growth and the targets that you've met, and then along the way trying to get those scales out to balance it. So 
you know, hopefully you live longer and don't just have a heart attack from the stress. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think, yeah, with, with the exercise, I was thinking about that uh, maybe this morning. I find, like, particularly after Muay Thai, because it's the hardest exercise I've ever done. It's fucking brutal. After that, not only I feel a lot more confident, but I just have a lot more respect for myself. I just feel better overall. Like, I really don't want to go. You dread going and it's, it's going to be fucking horrible. But as soon as it's done, you just have respect for yourself. You feel confident. You feel great. And that then carries over into other areas of your life, like probably with you and your relationship, carries over to, you know, me and chatting to my mates or clients. I just feel better. And it's just one of those things. Generally, if you feel shit thinking about doing something, but you feel better afterwards, then it's something you should be doing on a regular basis, in my opinion. Well, look, and when we were chatting earlier, I, I, I'm i not sure if I'm going to use the correct terminology, but I look at it as I believe that your cake has been layered more now because although you're over there to, you know, to grow as a human and to do your um, – uh, you know, to grow another skill set with with Muay Thai and, and also to, um, you know, to, to gain some um, inspiration from a different culture is that you're also heading to the gym still. So it's not like you've just replaced Muay Thai with something that you used to do here. Like you're always, you know, pretty much every day of your life you've, you go to the gym, but now you've got another layer there that you've been learning about something. So you've actually added in another another tier to that it's not like you've taken away it's not like you've gone okay well i'm not going to go to the gym anymore just because i'm doing tie every day and, and that's that's a lot about life i mean we we do have a lot of things that we can fit in when we're looking at the seconds and the minutes yeah you know, when you see oh the day went so fast but when we're really breaking it down there is a lot in each day you know um to to get things done and for me now like you know, i get a lot done in two or three hours of my business time whereas i used to waste eight hours a day on business that I was just sitting around talking, um, basically being there to um, support um, staff that may or may not really needed me, um, but I just felt that it was a it was something that, that I had to do, whereas now if I can compress it into, you know, um, an hour or two a day and get the same results, well, that means I've got a lot more time to do things that interest me personally, that interest um, that I can spend more time with, um, um, you know, with Candice in Brooklyn or go to the gym with Ella or, um, you know, do something with Deacon whenever I can track him down. Being an eighteen-year-old bloody um, <laughs> go-getting man in the world, he's a bit hard to track down. Um, but, but yeah, you know, um, you know, it's, it's when I was growing up, it was always a mantra about the, um, you know, the bottle and and how full how full something can get. It's like you know, you go, you know, you chuck in, um, they filled up with water, right? You know, and you go, okay, well, how how full can I get it? And you put you put your big rocks in, you know, which are always the things that we believe are important to us, you know, family, et cetera. And then you put some smaller rocks in, which may be, you know, business and and um, um, success in that that realm. But then you can pour some sand in, you know, and then that, that takes up maybe our exercise or holidays, et cetera. But then there's always ability to top that up because once you put water in it at the end, you're still going to get more volume in it. So we're, we, we do have a lot of things that we can continue to um, – continue to grow and utilise in our day. It's just a case of trying to make sure that we're um, um, trying to stay as strong, fit, as healthy, mentally strong, um, keeping our soul, you know, pumping that we're, we're still feeling it every, you know, every day. And it's not it's not easy, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm 47 now and I, I'm still searching for the, the answers, but I'm, I'm trying to get on the, you know, get on the right track. Yeah, 
Well said, man. I think we don't realize how much time we waste till we actually like essentially just audit our day and be like, fuck, I wasted an hour here and 30 minutes here. And you end up having like an extra six or eight hours that you could be dedicating to something else. So yeah, very, very valuable point. I'm going to finish up, dude. If you could tell me something you've learned this week or something that you've realized, can you think of anything? Yeah, I uh, look, I always try to pick up, um, I suppose, something you know, new sort of every day. And um, one thing that I've worked out recently is that you never know what sort of mark that you leave on people. And sometimes it takes a long time to to work out what that is. And, and obviously my lesson from this week was that I left a, a positive mark on someone about 10 years ago. And um, to be brutally honest, I'd sort of forgotten about the interaction and um, they were very appreciative of it. And it's it's brought about a full circle um, some business for me you know, recently. But it was only a small um, thing that that person remembered it vividly. And you know, it was like it was yesterday for them. But for me, it was just uh, something that oh, I end up re- remembering once you know, we, we had the conversation. But don't ever um, forget that every person that you interact with and meet, um, if you can leave a good impression on them, you know, both from a, a, a vibrancy perspective, a respectful perspective, um, a um, energised perspective, that you you may well get get a um, a return on investment, you know, for that outlay of energy you know, many years down the track. And this was this was over a ten year um, turnaround, and yeah, to me, it spoke spoke volumes about how you can. Um, uh, yeah, really leave a positive mark on people. 100%. Yeah, you never know what impact you're going to have. That's exactly right. You might be someone over there in Thailand that you bloody just be nice to, and then in 10 years' time that person might have invented an app that is um, <laughs> gone, uh, you know, billionaire status, and they might be they might be looking after you real good just because you're a good dude to them. <laughs> just be nice to everyone, eh? That's it. That's it. That's it, man. All right, you have a fantastic week. Mate, stay safe. Good on you, Nick. Lads, thanks for listening to another episode of the Positive Masculinity Podcast. I have no doubt you got a lot of value out of this and you learnt a lot. So make sure you do not forget to apply your learnings. Now, as I said earlier, I have just released a completely free, incredibly high value program that you can access by clicking the link in the show description. You're going to get to know yourself on a deeper level. You're going to build unbreakable discipline and you are going to create a future that excites you. So lads, click that link in the show description. Have an incredible day and make sure that you take action towards becoming the high value man that you want to be. 